been a while since we heard our full intro trailer intro music. intro trailer intro music. there is no trailer that's why we heard the whole thing <laughs> see i'm all i'm already all messed up anyway hello and welcome to another episode of the forever fangirls podcast where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms i am sheila amato and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com and i am kimberly amato and you can also find us on twitter facebook and instagram at forever fan pod same handle three socials and i'm going to apologize in advance because since there was no trailer i have nothing to do on my devices so i feel like i'm out of sorts <laughs> she, she can't play with her toys <laughs> it's weird oh my goodness anyway we are your hosts and we're glad you can join us because um as you heard we have something different for you i started the banter music super duper early yes you did but I think it's fine because okay. that way we can elongate it a little All bit. Right, go ahead. Um, but we are going to be doing, because <laughs> I screwed up and came in early because I don't know what to do. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to be covering the Broadway play that we saw not too long ago called POTUS or Behind Every Great Dumb. There are seven women trying to keep him alive. Yes. Um, it, and it, this is where the banter music should yes, have come in. Yes, but that's okay. We, we, we can work with it. We're going and, with the flow. And if... If you didn't say anything, I don't think anybody would have noticed, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they would have. Oh, we've well, got, we've yeah, got an amazing audience. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, so POTUS is a limited run play on Broadway, which will end August 14th. And I'm not sure if this will be touring, but we just had to cover it. And we're going to be talking a lot of key points and themes. So please be forewarned that listening past this point will spoil you. Put All a right. pin in your power poses. Ay, ay, ay. Really? <laughs> Oh, come on. That's funny. Aye. So here's the summary from the official uh, site at potusbway.com. So that's P-O-T-U-S-B-W-A-Y dot com. Anyway, <clears throat> one four-letter word is about to rock 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue when the president unwittingly spins a PR nightmare into a global crisis. The seven brilliant and beleaguered women he relies upon most will risk life, liberty, and the pursuit of sanity to keep the commander-in-chief out of trouble. An uproarious Broadway debut by playwright Selena Fillinger, directed by five-time Tony Award winner Susan Stroman, Potos is a riotous comedy about the women in charge, of the man in charge, of the free world. world, world. You realize that this is a comedy, right? Which makes it even better. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, come on. Anyway. Jumping you, right into the good? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Because I, I, I can't follow that. Um, <laughs> so we usually watch Broadway musicals, right? Um, but we, we actually wanted to see this when you mentioned it because of the cast. Yeah. But, but before we delve into the cast, I just wanted to point out that the, the playwright, Selena Fillinger, is actually only 28. 
<laughs> okay, I'm not laughing at her accomplishment because that's amazing and awesome. I'm, I'm laughing like, because I'm thinking of myself at 28 and I was so far away from doing anything <laughs> like this. I know. I'm like, oh my God, this brilliant play by a 28-year-old. Yeah. And Susan Stroman is actually directing it, the five-time Tony Award winner who yeah. directed... Um, the producers. Oh, the producers, yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Now, and it was a 99% all-female production? Yes. It's like the, the cast, the crew, creative. I mean, you know, they're, it, it's just, it reminded me of you know, um, Disney's Turning Red. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, oh, this is, this is really awesome. But the main draw for me, without knowing anything about the play, is the, the, the cast. Vanessa Williams. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I grew up listening to specific people, and Vanessa Williams was one of them. Mm -hmm. And so I when I told you, I said, oh, there's this thing called POTUS that our friends um, from our Friday Night Shenanigans group had mentioned, and I had no idea anything about it, but Vanessa Williams was in it. So I'm like, let's go. Yeah. And not just Vanessa Williams, right? All of the women in this play are well known in their own right. Like mm -hmm. Lily Cooper, who is a Broadway veteran. She plays Chris, um, who is the intrepid White House reporter and new working mom, both in the play and in real life. So she was doing double duty. Like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to put a pin in her. Uh, you know what's screwed? I won't put a pin in it. The, no. the breast pump scenes <laughs> are just, you know, it truly, I love how they really did touch on the work-life balance mm -hmm. and how um, her specific character people would be like, how could you do this? You know, go home. There was always, I think it was Nate always waiting in the wings when she couldn't handle mm -hmm. it because of, you know, either breast pump issues or kid issues. There was always a man waiting to take over her position and take the story. Right. Even though, you know, she is good at what she does and mm -hmm. she can uncover a lot of different things. Until I mean, she throws a statue across the room. Uh, <laughs> well, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't think we mentioned that um vanessa williams in this play plays uh the president's wife margaret and again you know she's a she's an accomplished woman but she's seen as not very relatable right so she's she's not earthy thank you she's not earthy the oh. high-heeled crocs <laughs> i was like wait what I couldn't stop laughing at the high-heeled Crocs. Uh, like, okay. Well, all right. Continuing with the cast. we I had mentioned to you when I saw the cast list, I went, oh my God, Orange is the New Black. And you went, Orange is the New what? I've heard of the show. Yeah, but you didn't, you hadn't I have not, seen it like I, I did. I have not watched it, yes. And Leah Delaria um, from Orange is the New Black plays Bernadette, the colorful, quote unquote, sister of the president and ex-girlfriend of the press secretary, Jean. <laughs> awesome on stage yes has a presence and delivers one-liners and is so i don't want to say flat affect but like you know when somebody delivers something very dry very stoically yeah yes. and it was just oh mm -hmm. and she doesn't just deliver one-liners she actually delivers drugs in the play so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I love how pull up the pant leg, pull something out. It was like, whoa, where's, what, else? what are you hiding? Um, okay. So speaking of Jean, Jean is the press secretary, like we mentioned, and is played by Susie Nakamura, who is, you know, in many recurring TV roles, um, like Modern Family, Veep, and the Goldbergs. Um, she is responsible for spinning the narrative in this play. Yeah. And it's very funny. And I guess it's like a... 
again, a farce, but it's like this little backdoor insight into how PR works mm-hmm. and how, okay, I can spend it. I can say, yeah, they did that, but you know, it's look over here. Optics. Yeah, optics. it's all about the optics. Yeah. And it was a very, very interesting, because um, I mean, you and I both know this, but it was an interesting way that they explained it. And to see to see her trying to, to twist into what he really meant instead of what he was referencing as his wife. The see you next Tuesday comment? Yeah, but it was not just see you next Tuesday. It was see you next Tuesday yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody understands that. (laughs) I I just got that. So, you know. (laughs) Anyway, the comment was said and Gene has to spin it and Gene and Harriet are trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And Harriet is played by um, Julie White who is a Tony Award winner and has many uh, movie and TV credits as well. Um, But she is the uh, White House chief of staff, and she keeps everything running, Um, much to her own chagrin, because sometimes it's just, it's, what did you call it? Herding cats. It's herding cats, yeah. And and with a very stylish yet lovely haircut, it's Ronald Reagan. I think that was the comment, right? (laughs) Yes. She looked like Ronald Reagan. Yeah. There's so many one-liners like that that you it kind of sometimes feels like it goes over your head, but it doesn't. Like you hear it, you just don't know how to respond to it because you want to laugh, but you're also in that uncomfortable section where you're like, should I laugh? Yeah. It's perfect. It is perfect, yes. And then you go to someone you were looking forward to seeing. Yes, Rachel Dratch, um, who made, you know, the the character of Debbie Downer like really (laughs) popular. Yes. Um, so she was in SNL. Um, here in this play, she plays the White House secretary who is plagued by self-doubt and tries to counter that with her power stance. Um, more on that later. But this is her Broadway debut, and she is actually nominated for a 2022 Tony Award. I believe Julie White is also nominated for a yes, 2022 yes, Tony Award. both of them for, for this play. And the thing that, that boggles my mind is that this is her first Broadway show. Like, yeah, that seems what? weird. Yeah, to be that talented. And, you know, she's, it, it seems like it's just a natural fit because she, with SNL, she's mm-hmm. in front of a live audience, right? So I'm surprised as well. I would have assumed they uh, Rachel had been in many more things. Right. Um, and then you round out the cast with Julianne Hoff, mm-hmm. who's the Emmy Award winner for Dancing of the Stars fame, plays the character of Dusty, the young pregnant mistress of the president, who is surprisingly breaking the stereotype and is very savvy. Yes, which is great, right? Because it's it's, again, this whole play is just showing you how women are perceived, but then there's a totally different side of them that no one gets to see. I'm just going to say bluntly, her character is constantly puking up blue slushies. I'm never, ever having a blue slushie again. Oh, come on. What, you want to go to 7-Eleven right after this and get blue slushies? Why not? It's hot. (laughs) It is, actually. (laughs) Um, I liked her nuanced performance. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was just everybody's characters were so well done that they meshed so perfectly. And that's a credit to writing, performing and setting and directing. Mm-hmm. So all of the characters, right, came from Selena Fillinger's mind yes. right, when she wrote this. And that's why I think that she's absolutely, totally brilliant because she did form these characters. And while, yes, it's necessary for the actors to bring them to life, she still put the the roadmap for, for each of them. Mm-hmm. 
And I just think that's absolutely mind-blowing incredible. So Her ability to explore the reasons why competent women um, are usually being held back and or replaced mm-hmm. by their bosses who are usually incompetent philandering men. Mm-hmm. I, and you know, it's actually a scene in the play where Dusty, mm-hmm. um, you know, with her dalliance with the president, the president actually told Dusty, who told Harriet that Harriet was being replaced because the president felt threatened because Harriet was so competent. Yeah, because people were questioning who was really making those decisions, Harriet or the president. Mm-hmm. And ego gets mm-hmm. in the way. Yeah. And if you look at politics, what are we facing right now? Greed, ego, power. Yeah. The absolute need to stay in power no matter what the cost. And the complete destruction of first ladies, the first vice president, female. Mm-hmm. You know, the the constant barrage of, of comments to denigrate the women in power in order to maintain men in power who maybe should no longer be in power at the specific ages they're at. Right. And, you know, it's also a very poignant fact that the president just said this to Dusty, not thinking that she would do anything with it. Oh, yeah, because she's just his bimbo. Yeah. So it's like, huh, okay. And the thing is, that's how he treats her. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. She's all excited about them being pregnant and you know, in the meantime, Harriet's going, okay, there's going to be an abortion. There's not going to be any bait. And, and she's trying to do what the president wants her to do, which is make it go away. Yeah. And so Dusty's really just a play thing. And when Dusty starts, I think, getting wind of that, that stereotype mm-hmm. even breaks even further. But anyway, yeah, and- <laughs> I know we're going on tangents. So it's not really, you know, off on the tangent, right? Because in, in part of the play... There were several instances where the women are asking each other, especially to Harriet, you know, why aren't you running for president or why aren't you running the country? And it's because they probably wouldn't get voted in. Yeah. Right. And so it explores that other theme of the play of why these competent women are always supporting incompetent men, like you said. Um, and it's because you know, that's that's as close as they can get in order to make a difference. Yeah, and it's it's kind of sad because there are instances, and there's a lot of information out there where you know women can do all these things, mm-hmm. and we've said it. I think you've said it in, in I don't know if it was Doctor Strange or other, but you know there there are women that can handle all these roles and continue to be moms and not be replaced by Nate. Can run the country, mm-hmm. can run you know Fortune five hundred companies. Mm-hmm. We can do it all. We can we can do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but not all at once. But no human being should do anything all at once. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that because there are there are these these unrealistic expectations that women should and could do everything all at once. You can't. True. But again, I guess it all comes back to the optics of everything. Mm. You know, we we need to present ourselves as like this openly willing, like every single character here, they are openly willing to help, right? They all want to work together. They all want to help. But who's the face of it? It's Jean. Mm-hmm. Jean has to face the questions. Jean has to deal with it. Harriet goes, Jean, I don't care. Just go do that. Harriet needs to face present. I'm supposed to be in this meeting and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Stephanie is supposed to prevent people from going in. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie thinks she's being replaced. I mean, there's, a, there's a so much intertwining stuff and it's great. And it just literally tells you that when, when push comes to shove, it's all about perception. Yeah. And 
that's why Susie Nakamura's character, Jean, you know, she's trying to show a united front, right? That everything is under control, <laughs> but on, just underneath that surface, it's a, it's a turbulent Volcanic eruption waiting to happen. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I like that there was a lesbian relationship mm. and it, wasn't like a freak out. Oh my god! It's, it's just, not a plot device. Hello, oh, Killing Eve. Eve. Did we? Did we do that? Did you do that? I did. Did you? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's not a plot device. It's just it is. It just is. Yeah. And it didn't take away from the story. And again, it highlighted that these women were real. They're they're diverse, and that makes it a whole lot better, at least for the story. Yeah, I mean, it's a real environment. It's, yeah. a, it's a balanced, like, modern-day society-type feel in, in probably one of the most chaotic environments in the world, mm-hmm. which is the White House. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, it's the White House. There's, it's it's high gonna, stress. There's always something going on. It's mm-hmm. going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was... I didn't expect it, and it was a nice little love-is-love love type thing. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Dusty a, a little bit earlier that... Um, she is portrayed like she can only do one thing and that she's only good for one thing. You know, she is clever. As the play went on, you do see that she has a big heart and she's quite intuitive. People just didn't give her the opportunity, least of all the president, right, to, to see that. And the fact that she had this um, one-line zinger, and I, I, I wrote it down, where is Oh, here. Affordable, safe, reproductive health care is a basic human right. That was that was actually in the play before the Roe v. Wade thing mm-hmm. happened. Um, we saw this after the yep. Roe v. Wade thing dropped. And they literally had to pause. They paused literally for like two to three minutes yeah. because, uh, and I was one of them, hooting and hollering going, yes, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, I think it's anywhere from 70 to 90% of people who just want safe, reproductive and affordable reproductive health care and let it be a person's choice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, what are we facing? Greed, power, ego. Yeah. They can't have somebody else make a decision when you've got the person donating the money, keeping you in power by gerrymandering or you know changing narratives and spinning PR on an entertainment network that considers themselves news. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very pointed statement. And I just have to point out, we met a lot of people afterwards. They're not all from New York. So I don't want people thinking they're all from New York and that's the audience. Broadway oh, yeah. is not always New York. Yeah. It is considered a massive tourist attraction. And, you know, people from all over the world come to Broadway. The people you were talking to were from Ohio? Where yeah. were they from? They're from yeah. Ohio. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's scary, terrifying, a war on women. Yeah. All of that. So moving on. Um, <laughs> Power poses. I can't explain it any better than that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, okay. So the, the thing with Stephanie, right, is that she is, she's self-conscious. She doesn't have, she's awkward. She doesn't have any confidence. Um, even though she's very good at her job. Yeah. But she has that, that weird awkwardness that you, everybody has. Mm -hmm. It's a little more prominent in her character where she's a little, like you said, self-conscious, unaware kind of like wants to make you know wants to be like i'm good at my job and i do a good job and and wants to be confident in herself but in the same token has people constantly knocking her down like oh just shut up harry you know Mm. uh, stephanie um and then dusty comes in and she thinks dusty's being hired to replace her right because dusty is the 
the pretty younger mm-hmm. person who would air quote fit that position. Exactly. Right. Stephanie, at the urging of Harriet, was doing power poses to try to increase her testosterone and lower her cortisol. So that <laughs> with, with arms straight up in the air. Yep. Going, and and yeah. Rachel Dratch is short in stature. So when she throws her arms up in the air in like that victory position and she's standing in front of Vanessa Williams, <laughs> like, based on my angle, all I could see were like two fists on opposite <laughs> sides of Vanessa's head. <laughs> Perfect. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have to come up with our own power poses. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Can't we just follow I, the ones feel, from the movie? Uh, the movie, the the, the, the play. This should be a movie. Uh, it should be. Yes. Well, maybe we should just follow the ones from the play. Uh, okay. They have a, an end credits dance. Ooh, can I link that in the show notes? Yes, I think we should. Okay, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, okay, and so the the point is, you know, she is not able to really let go until she accidentally ingests some of those drugs that... They weren't Bernadette, drugs. They were just happy pills. Uh, that Bernadette has been... Um, peddling around the peddling entire around. White House. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, Which it, gets even, I'm just going to say, at that point... Oh, my God. Rachel Dredge deserves the Tony because from that point on, which I believe is the end of Act 1 till all the way so you're done the hilarity just in the way she walks around the stage yeah or the audience it's funny it's nonstop laughter yeah and you alluded to this earlier that you know from the moment that you enter the theater the music just sets the tone i really wish they had a playlist of all the music they used I know. I, I'm actually trying to, to remember as much as I can. And we're, we're actually going to see it again. We are seeing it for my birthday yes. on, uh, in July. So yes. we're going to be, um, I'm going to sit there with Shazam and try to Shazam <laughs> all the songs, I think, if I can do it, if I remember. Because I just get so excited to not be in my house. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, we, we wanted other people to see it because I think that it's worth it. So we're bringing your mom and a friend of ours. Yes, my, my friend that I, uh, my friend Laura, who I've known since I was, oh gosh, 13. Mm. I mean, it was You know, just, back when dinosaurs were still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's the same like when we first saw Avenue Q. Oh God. We were rolling on the floor so much and we said, we have to bring Laura to this. Mm-hmm. And Laura wore the Super Grover shirt. Yes. And when we got in, everybody's like, we love your shirt. It was perfect. Because it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, and so same thing here. We think that it's so it's so funny and so pointed mm-hmm. um, that we, we need to share it. And, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And with everything going on right now, like I said, if you can fi- follow those threads, they're very important mm-hmm. because really and truly the, the points being made in this entire thing are really good. Yeah. The laughter and how it's delivered is amazing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So if you can get to New York, it is worth seeing. Yes. And tickets, I don't believe are, are that expensive. No. I mean, you know, if, if, I'm thinking relative to other Broadway shows. Relative to other Broadway shows. No, but if you, it's, it's if you do expensive. want to sit like in central orchestra, that's a premium ticket. That's always going to be more expensive. Yeah, but I'm thinking comparatively to, say, Music Man with Hugh Jackman and other shows like that. Yeah. So it's 
you can still get tickets from a lot of online places. And if you're in the city and you want to wait and see if something's available, there's always that ticket center in this mm-hmm. in Times Square that you can wait online and see what's available. Yep. Um, yeah. So there are rush tickets available mm-hmm. if you you know happen to be all right randomly coming to New York City and seeing if you can make the play. And there is that curtain call that we mentioned, which I adored. Um, and I was just singing, and and then they start doing the power poses. Yeah. In like in a dance move, like after, one after another. So I need to memorize that. Right. Well, the thing is, you know, that was one of the things where when Julianne Huff is part of this, I always think of her as like dancing or like, you know, when she was in Rock of Ages, you know, singing and, and you know, doing her all that. Her voice, I didn't know she could sing and she sings in this. Mm-hmm. She does. And, and that's why I'm like, is, whoa. Oh, okay. So having that that mega mix at the end of the you know their curtain call was just perfect because then it also showcased the the other side of of all of their talents i mean you know who knew that um uh julie white was able to <laughs> do some of those dance poses too can i just before we go into the bed mm. i just want to say the final sequence after the mega mix after everything right the play is over the curtain is just about to go down and all of the other characters go off stage and Harriet is sitting behind the podium waiting for the massive press release after she just found out she was going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And it was all of this stuff is going on, which also FML. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget what they called it in the show. Female, it was the f- female something, something leadership. Le- yeah. And I'm like, and uh... everybody was laughing and she's like, what FML? I don't understand. <laughs> and so Julian Huff's wearing this shirt. This is FML, like half the show. And you just can't not laugh. Right. But when Harriet is standing behind the podium and you, you just are waiting and the camera starts, the, the curtain starts to drop and her expression of I'm done. Yeah. You, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. It, and it's great. It, yeah. It, really it just, is great. you, you have to cheer because you understand these are women that are no longer going to stay hidden yeah. because you can only, and it makes the point through this whole thing that you can only hold good people down for, for so, so long. long. They will eventually come back. And we're not talking about the ones that twist narratives to suit their, their selves. We're talking about people that come forward and actually have the truth. Yeah. Cause they, that they do the right thing for the right reason. Yeah. And they have the experience and whatnot. And I, I loved that little smirk. No dialogue necessary. Just mm-hmm. the, the curtain dropping and that smirk. It's perfect. Yep. Okay. So um, we've, we've rattled on about the good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Whoopsie. how about let's do the bad? Um, the play is less than two hours. So it's, it's weird. I'm so accustomed to sitting two plus hours in the theater. So for me, it was a little like, wait a minute, it's over? It's short. Yeah, it's very short. It is short. I understand why it's short, but I wished it could have been longer yeah i i was like oh wait there's no there's no third act ah. well there really well i could have watched this thing for like three hours listen broadway is not three different <sighs> acts <laughs> i understand that i mean this isn't hockey <sighs> i understand that two intermissions anyway um sorry i'm i'm losing my voice um so the other bad for me is that this is a very, very limited run. Yeah, it's only, I think you mentioned August 14th. Right. Um, like we said, I really do hope it tours. Yeah. Maybe, I, you know what, maybe they'll like record it for say HBO Max or something. Oh, like they did for Hamilton. Yeah, for Disney Plus, maybe. 
And I know they did it for Come From Away. So you never know. Yeah. Or maybe the Broadway.com subscription thing is recorded. But it would be nice if it gets out there. I would love it with the original cast. But if they can't, put it on touring. Yeah. I think that I think it would be fabulous. I think so, too. So any other bad? They don't sign anymore. They, no, they don't sign anymore. And that's um, because of COVID. We, we had gone in because we wanted Pamela Anderson to sign our playbill from Chicago that, mm-hmm. that she had done. And she signs mm-hmm. but i'll give the security credit because they were going up and down yelling at people you need to put your mask on we don't care that you're outside you're in a crowd mm-hmm. you wear your mask because the stars were coming out most of them had masks but pamela anderson and the um other lead actress did not mm-hmm. and you were not allowed near them without a mask yeah and, and like like you said kudos to them because they're they're trying to keep the stars safe because if they get sick then the show shuts down right. and the security guard had told me that they were the only one that hadn't shut down every other show had at one point chicago you mean Chicago, yeah. That Chicago had not shut down at any point. So when we were waiting, they did come out. Some of them came out, take you know, take pictures of them as they're walking by. Yeah. But one of the actresses actually said, they no longer allow us to sign. Julie White. Yeah. And when she said that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because COVID, you never know, you know, where somebody's been through the right. city, the crowds. And people standing next to us outside were not wearing their masks. Right. And it's a short engagement. Yeah. Right? You, you can't know, risk getting can't, sick because exactly. you only have the theater from point A to point B. Right. Especially since you know that it's these seven women who are the draw for the play. Mm-hmm. And if one of them is not there, you know, it's it's not... It's still great to see the other six or whoever is going to still be there, but you, you want to see all seven of them because the energy with all seven of them is just incredible. From what I understand, only like one or two Broadway shows now allow autographs. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we're still going to try to go, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm not I, upset about it. No, I'm not either because I would rather see the play and mm-hmm. I'd rather have other people have the opportunity to see the play. That's more important. Yeah. And we don't need, again, we've mentioned the intimate settings. We do not need Broadway to become a super spreader event and then shut down for another two years. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Okay, so that was the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything cute? You know, nothing is cute about this. It's all <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I just knew you were going to curse, so I just figured I'd hold the button down. Come on. Uh, well, it Literally, is. you have it in red here. I know it's coming. I'm just hitting the button and just... Well, I, at least I'm giving you the cues. Anyway. All right. So that is our discussion of POTUS. And now it's time for our Forever Fangirls rating. A drum roll, please. Like they don't know what it is already. You know. Listen. We rate POTUS five stars. And I was going to say something super witty about how amazing it is and how you really, if you can, go see it because it's just a lot of fun. And it's right next to Junior's. Mm, so you can go junior's cheesecake is right there so you can go literally from the show laugh hysterically burn off all those calories because you're laughing ridiculously hysterically and then go right to juniors and get a piece of cheesecake and put all of those lovely calories back into you that is what i'm going with and (laughs) i'm just gonna say it was one star per letter of see you next tuesday yesterday (laughs) I, I, i don't know what to say it's just i had a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. it was it was a great date night for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we had stayed, we used all of our points and we stayed in the city. Not all of it. Okay, the Most majority of, of our points. Yes. We stayed on for our hotel credit card thingy. We mm-hmm. stayed in the city and it was just a lot of fun to be away, not worry about rushing home. And having the day with you, seeing that with you, after everything had been going on negatively in the press and after we're 
hearing all of these Republicans now coming forward saying that they want to take away gay marriage and all this other stuff, it was a very depressing time. And then to see this and laugh, I just, like you said, laughter is the best medicine. Mm-hmm. I felt so much better and calmer. Yeah. When we left, you just need, you just need to let, let it out. Let, let it go, go. Let it go. <laughs> we should have gone to juniors and we didn't. Um, no, because we probably would have the cheesecake and be in pain after. I don't care. We, our hotel was pretty close. Oh my god, Wouldn't have been a problem, but really now I want cheesecake. Anyway. No, seriously. I want a piece of cheesecake. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, like you, I had not laughed so hard. Like I, in my entire life, like I said, you know, I was sweating all of the first act and, after it ended, it reminded me of Avenue Q. I just, I, there's no other way for me to express that other than it was just so much fun and I wanted others to see it. I just can't say enough about it. And if you are in New York City before August 14th, you know, try to see, to see if you can get tickets to POTUS. Um, and you know, in the meantime, I am going to keep an eye out for the Selena Fillinger person because i think her next project is going to be as equally brilliant as this one is and in the meantime i'm going to practice my power poses so that our next episode is even cooler and powerful (laughs) and i will be linking in case you're curious of what the heck i'm talking about i'll be linking in the show notes to the um the mega mix at the end that somebody did record. I do not condone recording the play, but they did record the very, very end of it. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if you want to know more about Broadway shows and whatnot, please let us know. This was kind of like an oddball that we decided to do. That's not our normal um, thing. So if you do want to know more about Broadway musicals or you want us to cover Broadway plays, etc., let us know. Uh, you can send us a message via speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast or our three socials. And if you're listening to this on your smartphone, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Please review. Those are my call to actions. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay, so until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember sometimes you just gotta let it all hang out and know that you are powerful in your own right. You don't need anyone else to tell you otherwise. (laughs) 